Hello and welcome to the Legacy Church Podcast. We hope that today's message will inspire you to grow in your journey of faith. We believe that hope is for everyone. So, no matter where you find yourself on your journey of faith, we believe Jesus is willing to meet you right where you're at. So again, thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. Man, welcome, welcome to Legacy Church on Easter Sunday. If we haven't had a chance to meet yet, my name is Tony. My wife and I are the lead pastors here at Legacy, and man, I just want to welcome you. As, as Lane said earlier, if you're visiting us for the first time or Maybe you've just been coming for a, a little while now. We just want to make sure that you know you're not just a visitor, but you are our guest this morning. Uh, and uh, before we jump into today's message, I just want to give a quick shout out. Man, church, just can, can I talk to you as, as a family for a second? I know this weekend we got visitors, but can I talk to you as just like the pastor of this church, uh, to your family, uh, to you as my family? I, I just want to thank you personally. Uh, some of you know this, that this week, uh, my wife and I, our family, we got hit with some uh, pretty devastating things that took place on Tuesday with the health of one of our daughters, and it was one of those kind of like out of the blue things, right? And um, uh, an ambulance ride later and 48 hours later, uh, God did some miraculous things. And, but, but, but I can tell you this, I can tell you this, that I genuinely, and, and, and I've been walking with God for a while, I genuinely, and this is not an exaggeration for Easter Sunday, I've never felt the, the sustaining prayer of the saints like I had this last week, literally. I mean, ne- like never before. And um, so if you see Maggie, our youngest, rolling around in a wheelchair, don't worry, it was nothing to do with, you know, paralysis, or, or I've already had a lot of questions, just, just so let me just hit, it, hit you with, with what took place. Uh, they had to replace part of her shunt in her brain, and so as a result, uh, her balance is a little off, and until the doctors can trust her balance, they asked her to be in a wheelchair. So um, kind of hard to, if you know Maggie, kind of hard to keep her still. Uh, it's been, uh, Ma- Maggie's gonna Maggie, I'm gonna tell you that right now, like, and, and like Maggie does, she's like, that's fine. You can, you can tell me all you want, but I'm going to do what, what I want, <laughs> you know. And some of you saw on my social media, she made you a poster to her fans. She calls you her fans. She, 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 she thinks she's a celebrity. Um, so... Um, and so just a personal thank you there. And then and into the church as a whole. Man, what a beautiful thing that took place Friday night at our Good Friday service. I'll tell you what, um, that was just a beautiful, beautiful night. Uh, and, and I'll tell you what, you guys, I know that some of you, you know, you get to show up on a Sunday and it's beautiful that you do, that you get to just partake. Man, the things that happen behind the scenes, so many unsung heroes, so many people. So just want to give a quick shout out to just our AV team, our worship team, our children's ministry team, our, our, our greeting team, all of our teams that put that together. And then, and then yesterday we ran out of 15,000 eggs within 30 seconds. Uh, <laughs> That, you know, over at Story Park, over 700, we lost count after 750 people is what Lane told me. And I'll tell you what, man, it was beautiful. I, we got, we, we missed out. It was a difficult decision for my wife and I to make, but it was, it was really reassuring. I had three, three people reach out to me, two of which were elders, just saying, you're doing the right thing. Stay home. The team's got this. And again, more than un, unsung heroes there, I'm telling you, there's a team of people that have been working for months to put this together. So tell you what, church, I'm proud of you. I'm so proud of you, and, um, 
And if you're visiting us today and you're thinking about us, uh, let me just brag on us for a second. We're a pretty rad church. Um, and so, yeah, I'm pretty, pretty, pretty proud. Pretty proud of what God's building in spite of me. Can I just say that? So, um, so today, today's not just another holiday. Today's not just another day in history. Today's not just another day that Tony goes out and buys a new suit for the first time in five years because he outgrew all the other suits. Um, it's weird. They all shrink, you know. It, it, doesn't that happen? Like, it happens, right? It happens. I'd like to think that I'm in bulking season, but I've been in bulking season for five years. And so, uh, and today isn't just another story. Uh, hear me when I say this, that today is at the heart of what we believe in as followers of Jesus. Uh, to remove the reality and the, hear me, the miraculous reality of today is to remove who Jesus is. So today, not just another holiday out of religion that we celebrate, uh, but there's, a, there's more meaning to it because it has implications that, uh, that affect your eternity. That affect my eternity, affect all of our eternity. And so today is a day to be learned. Today is a day to be celebrated. Today is a day even to be, dare I say, protected. Because today is a day that Jesus didn't just stay in a tomb. But this is what he did. He overcame not just death, but sin, giving you and I life and that more abundantly on this side of eternity and securing our eternity forever. So would you join me as we look at the book of Luke, chapter 24? We're going to be looking at two different accounts of the resurrection of Jesus. And we'll begin in Luke's account, chapter 24, verses 1 through 12, says this, that early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb. Notice how it doesn't say the scholars, the theologians, the respected ones of society. Notice how it immediately points out those who society had no value for in that day and age. Those that were just tools in the hands of society in that day and age. It says they went out to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. So they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. As they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified into the, and, would be, and would be raised again on the third day. Excuse me. Then they remember that they had said this, so they rushed back from the tomb to tell the 11 disciples and everyone else. Say with me, everyone else. What happened? It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and several other women who told the apostles what had happened. But the story sounded like nonsense to the men. <laughs> so they didn't believe it. <laughs> However, Peter jumped up and ran to the tomb to look. Stooping, he peered in and saw the empty linen wrappings. Then he went home again wondering what had happened. Let's look at Matthew's account in the book of Matthew, chapter 28, verses 1 through 10. It says this, early on Sunday morning, 
As the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and sat on it. His face shone like lightning, and his clothing was as white as snow. The guards shook with fear when they saw him, and they fell into a dead faint. Then the angel spoke to the women, Don't be afraid, he said. I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified, but he isn't here. He has risen from the dead, just as he said would happen. Come and see. Come on, how many of you know that Jesus follows through on his word? Come on, he doesn't leave you hanging. He doesn't leave you just waiting and going back on his word. He follows through on his word. He's never early. He's never uh, late, but he's always on time. I wish he was early sometimes. Come see where his body was lying and now quickly go and tell the disciples that he has risen from the dead and he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Remember what I have told you. The women ran quickly from the tomb. They were very frightened, but also filled with great joy. Say joy. And they rushed to give the disciples of the angels message. And as they went, Jesus met them and greeted them. And they ran to him, grasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, don't be afraid. Go tell my brothers to leave for Galilee, and they will see me there. Father, I thank you so much for what this day in history means, but also what it means for our faith. I thank you, God, for every person in this room. Lord, I thank you because it doesn't matter where they're at on their journey of faith or their journey of life. You are interested in them. You love them. You love them so much that you would send your one and only son to die for them. And so, God, I pray that this morning as we look to the resurrection of your son, that, Jesus, you would reveal yourself to us in a real way, in a tangible way, in a life-changing way, right where we're at today, God. I pray, Lord, that my words would be Uh, inspired by you, and God, that our ears would be open to hear from you, that our eyes would be wide open to see you, that that our hearts would be ready to not just receive God, but to also do what it is that you're calling us to do. So in Jesus' name, we thank you for this moment. Amen. Amen. How many of you husbands out there, uh, get really scared when your wife tells you to go look for something? And you know that if you don't find it, that the last thing you should do is let her know you didn't find it. Come on, husbands, or this only happened in my life. Why are you afraid of telling her you didn't find it? Because the moment she goes to look for it, what is she going to do? She's going to find it. Am I right? Or does that only happen in my house? Or is it opposite in your house? Uh, Parents, how many of you know that telling your children where to find something is risky? Because magically, they're going to flop on the floor and roll around the floor on their way there and tell you, I couldn't find it. Especially if they're like approximately fifth through seventh grade, right? Like, we, we get that. Right, and, and, in this, and, and in my house, this happens all the time. I am notorious for, as Sophia would say, not looking good enough. Not that I don't look good enough, because we all know that's not true. <laughs> I'm talking about when she has me go look for something, and I'm not looking well enough for it. You know, I'll, I'll immediately, like, you know, open the fridge. She'll, like, she'll be like, hey, I need a couple extra stick of, sticks of butter, because how many of you know that butter makes the world go round? Come on. It, it really turns the world. <laughs> anyway, I'm full of them today. I'm full of them today. Don't get me going. I'm going to keep milking this moment. Anyway, um, 
I know. <laughs> Some of you just want me to skim right past this. Okay. All right. Anyway, I got, I got to bring this back. I, this was not planned. I promise you. Uh, oh my Lord. Anyway, so where was I? Yeah. Yeah. I get scared when, when, when I go to find the butter because I, I can, I, I look like this. Yeah. I couldn't find it. Right. Right. How, how many of you though, like when you go to find something like me, you, you find that one thing you were looking for a month ago that you couldn't find, but like magically it appears. It's like, oh my gosh, and that's, that's genuinely the best day ever when I go to f- look for something and I actually find the very thing that I was looking for behind, you know, a, a while ago. Uh, what does this have anything to do with today's story? Well, isn't this a little bit of, like what just happened to these women? With, with great intentions, they were coming looking for him, yet they were surprised with something greater. They were, they were looking, and, and, and as the women approached, by all intents and purposes, they were coming to do what culture and custom said to do. They were coming to dress the body. They were coming with oils to anoint the body. They were doing what culture told them to do. And as with the greatest of intentions, they stumble upon the greatest surprise, and that is that his body was not there. And so as we look at the resurrection and what it implies for us in our day-to-day living even today, as I I said before, it, it cannot just be another day in history. I'm convinced that if it's a cornerstone of our belief and who Jesus is, then we must understand the implications of the resurrection in our lives. And so today I want to begin by telling you that the, the, the resurrection tells us that number one, Jesus is for everyone. You know, if you walked into this church and, and you saw that on this wall we've got Jesus, people, hope for all, this is why we believe there's hope for all. Because Jesus didn't just come for a select group of people, he came for everybody. And he didn't just die for those that are righteous or think they're righteous, he died for us all. Did you notice that in both accounts that we just read this morning, uh, it made it a point in both accounts to include the details that these were women that first found this out. It's interesting to me that the resurrection was not first revealed to the powerful. The resurrection wasn't first revealed to the faithful. The resurrection wasn't first revealed to the religious men. No, women in that day and age, and I know it's hard for us to believe in 2023 and to kind of put ourselves back into that, but much like even sometimes in society today, women were seen as a means to an end. Women were not valued for what they brought to the table. Women were not seen really for for what God had really truly created. It, it, It was a messed up view of women, especially those that were outcasts, especially those that were barren, that could not give birth, especially those that weren't married early on, especially those that, hear me, weren't useful. And in that day and age, we look at culture and we add to this storyline that Mary Magdalene, a woman that is called out by both accounts by name, was a demon-possessed prostitute. That's who the resurrection is revealed to? 
those that sell their bodies, those that were once demon-possessed. By the way, uh, my daughter, Maggie, who I talked about, her middle name is Magdalene. And I, I, I'm sorry, her, her first name is Magdalene. And her, I'm so sorry, you guys. Her, her middle name is Grace. My wife just shot me the dirtiest look. She really did. Last week, I also made a mistake. I said I had four children, but we have five. Is it okay if I take tomorrow off, you guys? Okay. I need it. I need to go up and... Anyway. And it's interesting because uh, when, when we named her Mary... Uh, <laughs> when we named her Magdalene Grace... I had some friends, uh, and, and, you know, I don't blame them for this. They were like, they were concerned about this name. Like, really, you're going to name your daughter Magdalene? Like, the, the implications that that has biblically? Do you understand who Magdalene was? And, and my response to them was, I, I'm naming her for the redemptive name that is found in Magdalene, and which is why the, the middle name is, is Grace. And I'm here to talk to you today about this idea that Jesus is for everyone, because I know if you're anything like me, you too need redemption. Yes. There's things you're not proud of. There's thoughts you're not proud of. There's words you're not proud of. There's actions you're not, there's attitudes you aren't proud of. And I'm here to tell you today that though in our society we elevate those that apparently look smart and wise and in good standing before God, Jesus makes it clear that he elevates the lowly. He comes for the lowly. He comes for the outcast. He comes for those that don't fit in, that those that are confused, that don't necessarily get it. This is the Jesus that we celebrate today. This is why there is hope for all people. And just like I said last week, if you were here last week, uh, and what we say consistently around here is that no matter who you are, where you come from, what you've done, right? Jesus has hope for you. And no, that's not a ripoff of a Backstreet Boys song. I don't care who you are. Come on. Where you're from. You know this song. What you did. Come on. As long as. There it is. Some of you are like, can you sing Backstreet Boys in church on Easter? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I know I, I, I know I can't sing. Here, here's a deal. I recognize that voice. I've known that man for six years. But he's on security today, so uh, I'm not going to mess with him. You might be here and you might be going, well, Jesus for everyone, like, like me? And, and here's what I know to be true is that if you're a human being with blood flowing through your veins and a heart beating in your chest, you either think too lowly of yourself or you think too highly of yourself. Yeah. Now, I don't want to insult you this morning, but 
and I don't want to just generalize it, but the reality is you and I both live in a tension where we're either going to think lowly, too lowly of ourselves, or too highly of ourselves. And no matter where you're at there today, if you're willing to get honest, when you ask the question, really, Jesus is for me, some of you might be going, I don't necessarily need Jesus. I've got security, I've got safety, I've got a family. Tony, I, I, I make good money, I got good relationships. Like, why do I need this Jesus guy that, like, that now like, wants to, like, maybe he takes me as I am, but now you're, like, eventually he wants to transform me and change me. And, like, I can take the like, salvation, but like the lordship. And, and I'm, I'm here to just encourage you today that even if you don't think or understand that you know Jesus, let me tell you, you need Jesus. Maybe you're on the other end of the spectrum where you think too lowly of yourself, where you go, you, you say, me, Tony, if, if you only knew what I've done, if you only knew the family I come from, let me just tell you, as the son of an orphaned, drug-addicted, alcohol-addicted, imprisoned man, we need Jesus, and I'm grateful for him. Do you feel weak? Do you feel disqualified? Do you feel like you don't measure up? Let me just tell you that in your weakness, he is strong. And just as we just sang at the end of this last song, though our sins are like scarlet, he makes us white as snow. And, and I will say this, and, and I, it wouldn't be a, a Tony sermon if I didn't say this. Um, he's not just for everyone sometimes. He is for everyone at all times. So I get that maybe what I'm about to say may not even be kind of like kosher culturally around even any of my pastoral friends on an Easter morning to say, but this is my one shot, so let me just give it to you. If you're here today, and I'm grateful that you made it a priority to be here on Easter, but that's kind of how your relationship with God has been. It's this occasional thing where I just sprinkle Jesus into it. Let me just encourage you to dive in deeper. It's not Jesus is for everyone sometimes. It's Jesus is for everyone at all times. Life is not meant to be lived. I've got my spirituality. I've got my things. I've got my friends. I've got this. And I kind of sprinkle Jesus here and there into it. No. He wants to be your sun. He wants to be your moon. He wants to be the thing that your world revolves around. He wants to be that wind beneath your sails. And he's here today available to you, my friend, no matter how long you've been walking with him or how short of a time you've been questioning him. I'm telling you, he's for you at all times. The second thing I want to tell you here, and this is probably one of the most powerful things that you can walk away with today on Easter Sunday, and I mean it, you can take it to the bank or your money back. I kid you not. You didn't pay to get in, so I don't know what that means, but let me just tell you that. Jesus has the final say. The women had resigned to the idea that Jesus was truly dead. They'd come to prepare the body and, like I said, perform all the cultural rituals that needed to be performed for a dead body. And aren't we that way sometimes where we look at circumstances and we give in to circumstances and we give up on God's plan before we even see it fulfilled in our lives? I talked a little bit about this on Friday night, talked to you about how this idea of the process of pain 
and to not try to shy away from it or run away from it. This is what I'm talking about. Some of us give up before we get to see the miracle because we're, we're making decisions based on circumstance and not God's ultimate plan. Maybe we look for Jesus in the wrong places. Or maybe we look for a semblance of Jesus even in the right places. But I'm here to tell you, Jesus has the final say. Don't look in the wrong place for the right reason. Don't look in the right place for the wrong reason. Don't look for the wrong person for the right reason. Don't look for the right person for the wrong reason. And my question to you is this today. If Jesus has the final say in all things of life, then who do you look to? What do you look to? We all look to something. We all look to something in our lives. Some of you today may look to whether you vocalize it or not to financial security. Some of you look to your family. Like I said, you may not vocalize it, but even your priorities would show you that you look to your friends. But I want to invite you today to look to Jesus and his power in all circumstances. His intentions for your life are good. And in fact, there's benefit to looking to Jesus. Let me, let me share with you the book of Psalms, chapter 121. Beautiful psalm, and it says this, I lift up my eyes to the hills. And the psalmist asks the question, where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. And look at the benefits of looking to him. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. He is your shade on your, on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Can I tell you, he wants to be looked to. He wants to have the permission even, if I dare say it that way, to have the final say in your life. I wasn't planning on fully sharing all this, but I, I think from day one, I've prayed, God, let yourself be famous through our story and through our children's story and through our lives. And, and as you know, as, as we came up on Tuesday and I get a phone call from my wife saying, okay, uh, looks like Maggie's having some s signs of her shunt malfunctioning. And then, you know, she goes in for a CT scan and, and they realize it is malfunctioning. So literally the text just said, it's the shunt. They're rushing us by ambulance to Boise. See you there, right? <coughs> Can I tell you, in the moment where all hell breaks loose for me in that moment, the day that I was, if you've been with us for a while, you know just three weeks ago I shared about this very thing, right? Like how, how I feel sometimes when the phone rings and I go, is, is this the moment? Well, the moment happens and all hell breaks loose. And I so 
I'm so tempted in that moment to just get caught up in that this is what's happening and this is, and that's normal. That's normal to go, this is what's happening. This is, this is what's right in front of me. And, and, and I don't know what's going to come of it. And, and I don't know if she'll survive. And I mean, all the questions are rushing in and like a flood, you know this, if you've been through anything difficult in life, like a, like a flood, you can't control. You are convinced that the circumstance is what it is and there is no changing. Now I was happening, I was happened to, I happened to be having lunch with the guy that claims I don't know how to sing in the back at, at the time when this text came through. And, uh, and he's like, he grabs my hand, we're in public, grabs my hand across the table and he goes, we're going to cry out right now. And I want to ask you today. Do you allow circumstances to have the final say? Or do you cry out to the one who truly has the final say? And I'm here to testify something to you that take it for what it is. You want to explain it away, go for it. But you're not going to rob me of the miraculous story. We show up and we're told this best case scenario, three hour operation where we've got to get into her brain and, and, and do this thing. Worst case scenario, six hour operation, and we're replacing all three parts of the shunt, and we've got a long recovery ahead. An hour and a half later, and a two inch little catheter later, she's out of surgery. And I'm going, God, you have the final say. Like, I know I joked, and I know some of you know us, and, and some of you may not know us, and I know I joked that Maggie will be Maggie, but, but what I really need to say is God will be God. Yes. Right? Like, God will continue to just do what he wants, how he wants, when he wants. And I don't know what circumstance you're in right now, but here's what I know to be true, is that if, if, if you're alive today, you're either coming out of a storm, you're preparing for a storm, or you're in the middle of a storm. Yeah. But let me tell you, as you're in the middle of that or preparing to go into one or coming out of one, let me just reassure your soul, Jesus has the final say. And I'm, and I'm not here to just like pump you up and, and like, you know, to just have this blind faith. I'm talking about an assurance that God has it all. That yes, a doctor might say something. That yes, my finances might say something. Yes, this relationship might look like this. I get it. I'm there. I'm in the midst of it. But we've got to have an assurance that the resurrection means there is hope that goes beyond what we see with our, with our earthly eyes. That there is a hope that there's a miraculous God who is able, hear me, to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask. Look at this. Or even imagine. And when you look to him, you find hope. And when you look to him, you find joy. And when you look to him, you find purpose. You find salvation. You find comfort. You find guidance. You find provision. You find all that your soul has been crying out for. And my friend, I don't know what you're in right now, but I'm here to tell you today that Jesus has everything you need. He has the final say. The resurrection tells you and I that we may be down and out, but just you wait because Sunday's coming. This is why we can confidently read 1 Corinthians 15 where it says, Oh death, where is your victory? 
Oh, death, where is your sting? 1 Corinthians 15, 55. For sin is the sting that results in death, and the law gives sin its power. Listen to this. But thank God. He gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. The only finished work is Jesus himself. So let me just, now that I got you a little excited, let me tell you something. You can take the pressure off yourself because the work is finished by him, through him, not by you. Because here's what happens. We live in a day and age filled with data and information and studies, and we want to be able to explain things away. Or we want to be able to fully understand everything before we actually put our faith in it. And my third and final point is something we love to say around here all the time. You don't have to get him to get him. You don't have to fully understand the mysteries of Jesus to be able to benefit from the mysteries of Jesus. And can I tell you, that gives me so much hope and peace. Because if I'm brutally honest with you, there are some things in my life that I just don't understand. There's mysteries in the gospel and in the word of God that I still grapple with. And go, I just don't get this tension. But here's what's beautiful is even though I have questions, even though I have doubts, even though, yes, your pastor just said he has doubts. Yes, he has questions. Even though I've got fears, yes, fear and faith can coexist. Even in spite of those things, I've never experienced God withholding all of him. In fact, he's never withheld any piece of him. He has never stood up there and said, Tony, until you figure this out, you won't get this part of me. You don't have to get him to get him, to get all of him. Luke 24, 11 through 12 says it this way. But the story (laughs) sounded like nonsense to the men. So they didn't believe it. However, Peter jumped up and ran to the tomb to look. Just because you may not be able to fully understand it, rationalize it, doesn't mean you cannot accept it. I'll add to it, it also doesn't mean it didn't happen. Can I tell you? He is absolutely the God of the impossible. And the reason why I even pause is because sometimes I think in the modern world of Christianity, we shy away from these truths sometimes. Because we, we, we want to be the kind of church that like doesn't make anyone uncomfortable or, or we kind of like, you know, we, we say catchy phrases like we want to journey with you. And, and we do, right? Like, but, but last time I checked, signs and wonders are for the unbeliever. Yes. And so if you're here today and you're going, I don't really believe this. Awesome, because the God of the impossible is here to show off for you. Yes. To have you experience what's impossible for you to be made possible by him. And if I'm standing, oh, I'm telling you what, man, if you knew all of the disgusting, crazy, gut-wrenching story that is Tony Nunez at times, 
And if you knew what that truly looked like, and those of you that journey with me and are near to me and, and know me well, you know there's no other reason that I'm the guy standing here preaching the word of God, but the very simple fact that he is able to do what I'm not able to do for myself. And, and, you don't, and you don't need a title, you don't need a position in church for you to experience this, my friend. I'm telling you, I know I joked about this, that, that in spite of me, God's building a beautiful church. Well, in spite of you, God will do what only he can do. And I'm not going to ever shy away on this Easter Sunday, especially, my friend. I will not shy away from the God of the impossible, the God of miracles, the God that is able to do more than you and I can think or imagine. And yes, I get it. Other churches or other places in the valley might just make you feel a little bit better and more comfortable. And if that's your cup of tea, great. But in this church, we're not going to shy away from miracles. And, and I'm not harping on, on anybody else. In fact, just this morning, I, I was so blessed by, I got like five different texts from pastors just in the valley. Today's our big day. We got each other's back, right? And I sent out like 10 texts this morning, all my pastors. I mean, we got each other's back. But, but in this church, we will believe for the miraculous. We will not look at Easter as just one cute story to add to our arsenal. It'll be what we stand on, that God will look at a situation and he'll be able to turn it around for his good. And guess what's even cooler about God? He takes all the glory because he's really selfish about his glory. This is why around here we like to say that we expect big things from a big God. Miraculous thing from a miraculous God. Great things from a great God. Good things from a good God. Supernatural things from a supernatural God. And let me tell you, my friend, you can doubt, you can wonder, you can ask questions. And in fact, I would much rather you struggle to build a well, a good foundation and a well that comes out of your understanding. But sometimes, sometimes what looks like nonsense should not be what holds you back from taking the next step. Yes, a step of faith. Yes, a step into the unknown. Yes, a step to see. I'm going to try this and just see what he's going to do. And spoiler alert, he's going to blow your mind. I know messages like this aren't always preached on Easter, but I'm a little fired up this week. And I wish I could get a witness. Jesus is going to take your doubt and he has an ability to turn it into an assurance. He has the ability to take your wondering into faith and your questions into convictions. You know, Peter, in this story, by the way, this is a guy that denied Jesus three times. Anybody get it wrong over and over again like Peter? Anybody like me and Peter? get another chance to make it right and you still do it wrong? Come on. I know we all like to think that in these stories we're like the Jesus. Come on. You know you're the Peter. You know you're the Pharisees. Come on. You know you're the women that showed up with all their junk and thought he's for show dead. And Peter, man, he shows up and he's like, I got it wrong again. <laughs> right? Hear me. It sounds simple, but you got to hear this message of hope right now. 
even when you don't get it right, he still shows up. I'm just going to let you sit in that for a little while and make some of you religious folks a little uncomfortable because you've spent a long time trying to get it right all the time. And yes, there's instruction even in the Bible, right? We must be perfect like he is perfect. Right, like literally, that's in the Bible, by the way. Some of you are surprised to hear that. But even when we get it wrong, he still shows up. That is mind-blowing. You know what's interesting about this Peter guy is he denies Jesus three times. He gets it wrong over and over again. And then Jesus still fulfills the fact that he's resurrected from the dead. And then, it's interesting, when he, when he uh, in, a, in a different account of the gospel, instead of just saying, hey, tell my disciples to meet me, he goes, tell my disciples and Peter too. Almost as if to say, the guy that got it wrong over and over and over and over and over again, I'm going to call him out to make sure it's not done yet. He's not lost yet. I'm not giving up on him yet. He doesn't have to get it right for me to give him a seat at my table. And you know why? Because then Peter, oh man, and this is why the Bible's so beautiful and I get so excited about it. I get excited about most everything, but this is why the Bible is beautiful. Is that, is that this same guy, Peter, that got it wrong, gets called out by Jesus. Later in the book of Acts, we read, he is the first one to proclaim in a sermon the resurrection of Jesus. And as a result, hear me, 3,000 people give their lives to Christ. Do you see the victory that Peter was able to have through the revelation of Jesus? It's available to you. Band, you can come on up. It's available to you. It's available to everybody. Some of you are surprised that I'm ending this early. It's Easter. Happy Easter. Okay? It's my present to you. I want you to go eat mini donuts. I know you can smell that canola oil. It's fine. It's non-GMO. I think. They're sugar-free sugar donuts, guys. Okay? So, organic. Great for your health. If you believe in the God of the impossible, just pray that God would change the molecular structure on the donut. I'm just kidding. Let me, talk, let me talk to those of you that have put your faith in Jesus. Here's, here's how the resurrection of Jesus also applies to your life. So yeah, we've talked about how this applies to all of us, but I want to just talk to some of you right now that are saying, I, I want to follow Jesus. I want to put my faith in him. Here's how, just like Peter, and just like the disciples, and just like Paul and the apostles that we read, the second book of Corinthians chapter 5 verses 14 through 15 says, For the love of Christ controls us, because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all, that those who live might no longer live, hear me, for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. So now we're called to live for this story. We're now called to be those that spread this story. 
We are now called to be able to take this story of a Jesus that's for everyone, yes, yourself included, of a Jesus who, doesn't, who has the final word and doesn't just allow you to dictate circumstance as it comes and live in it as if it were the final word. That same Jesus who's available to say, I've got the last word, that same Jesus is saying, now it's your turn to live for this cause. It's your turn to be the carrier of this cause. And perhaps you're here today and you've looked in all the wrong places for the wrong things. Or perhaps you see yourself as one of those that Jesus isn't really here for. Or perhaps you're one of those that, if I'm honest, Tony, I don't, I don't really understand it. In fact, if I'm brutally honest, Tony, and no offense, maybe some of the things you said to me today kind of confuse me. Like, how does a man go from being dead to alive? Can I tell you, he did what you can't do for yourself so that you would be invited into the receiving of a free gift. He came, he died, and he resurrected because you get a chance to live through him. So before the band plays our final song this morning, I, I would be remiss if I didn't offer you an opportunity today. If you've never accepted this free gift of eternal life, the Bible says that it's very simple, that if you believe in your heart that Jesus is who he says he is, and you confess with your mouth, then you, just like me, and just like the saints in this building, get to partake of eternal life. So if you're here and you've never received that free gift of eternal life, you've never said, hey, God, I get it. I've come to the end of my rope. I can't live like this anymore. I, I can't keep making mistakes on my own. I, I need your forgiveness, and I need your hope, and I need you to teach me how to live. If that's you today, I want to invite you to make a decision to accept the free gift that Jesus has for you of salvation. Or maybe in the past you've made that decision and you've walked away. And today, let me tell you, today's the best day for you to come back to him. So I'd like to ask for you to just simply close your eyes. And if you're here this morning and you're one of those people that want to give your life Jesus or to Jesus or back to Jesus, would you simply slip your hand up in the air so that I can know who I'm praying for? I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. I just want to know who I'm praying for right now. Would you simply now say this prayer with me? Say, Jesus, I recognize that I have fallen short of your standard. Today I ask for forgiveness, and I receive your forgiveness. I ask now that you would become the Lord and the Savior of my life, and that from this day forward, you would teach me to walk with you. I commit my life to you. I may not fully understand what it looks like, but I want all of you. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you pray that today, what I'd like for you to do as a band is playing is I want you to head over to the prayer corner and we've got people there that are willing to walk you through the next steps. For the rest of you, I'm gonna ask you to stand to your feet. I asked the band to to close us out with a declarative song, not a contemplative song. But before we do that, um, I want to invite you over the next five or so minutes as they sing this song, I believe all of us have a specific way that we can respond. So located throughout the building, you're going to see different tables filled with communion elements. At any time during the next song, I would encourage you to leave your seat and go and partake of the broken body of Jesus and his blood that was shed.
Jesus instructs his disciples to do this in remembrance of him. And just have a moment of remembering what the cross means, what the sacrifice of his bloodshed means for you, what his broken body means to you. And if you're here and you're going, I don't really know what that looks like and, and I don't want to take it alone, tap somebody's shoulder next to you and eventually you'll find somebody that's willing to walk it through with you. No one does this alone. Second way for you to respond is you can leave your seat at any moment. You can head over to the prayer corner. We've got people there that can pray with you about anything. You're going through something. You, you need clarity about something. You need direction. You need healing. And for the rest of us, here's, here's, here's the other way for us to respond is by singing the song of declaration that talks about a God who is able to do way more than we can even imagine. God is truly able to do the miraculous. The same power that raised Christ from the dead is here today to meet you at this very moment. So I, I would love for you to lay your heart down and go whatever impossible situation you find yourself in or you're about to walk in and you know you're walking into something that possibly you might be confronted with something impossible. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to ask you that you would lay that at Jesus' feet and you would make this song your declaration. And then you would sit back and watch him do what only he can do. So, Father, now as we respond to your word, I ask God that you would do what you want to do in every individual's life this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you once again for joining us today. We hope today's message encouraged you, challenged you, and caused your faith to grow. If you enjoyed today's message, we highly encourage you to subscribe to this podcast. That way you don't miss out on any future messages. To get to know us, to get connected with us, and to know how you can best partner with us, head to our website, LegacyChurchID.com, or come see us in person at our campus in Meridian, Idaho. We look forward to connecting with you. May God bless you and have a great rest of your day.